Okay, verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 29 says what? Okay. Uh, when we think about those words, uh, the, the, the thought that often comes to mind is those who are involved in criminality in our country today. Um, that speaks heavily of those individuals. Anyone who keeps on sinning in spite of repeated warnings or keeps on engaging in criminal behavior or atrocious behavior despite repeated warnings will suddenly be destroyed, wiped out, cut down without any, without any further hope or opportunity. In other words, you never know when the warnings are going to stop coming. Okay? The people who lived before the flood refused to listen to Noah. Even while Noah was building the ark, right up to the day that Noah was boarding the ark, people continued in their, their, their atrocious and sinful behavior. The flood came and they were destroyed right up to the last minute. And so those who ever, they were stubborn people. They refused to accept the message that God was communicating to them uh, through, uh, through Noah. And so one of the things that we need to take from this as a principle is that warnings hardly ever come with countdowns. Warnings hardly ever come with countdowns. I mean, we see it in, in uh, you would probably get something close to a warning when a hurricane is coming. Uh, with the technology that we have today, they can do that. They can tell you where it's going to be at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday evening or 7 o'clock on a, uh, another evening. Uh, technology allows that to be that way. But warnings hardly ever come. There was this big storm in the United States this past weekend, you know, and a lot of people got caught off guard. There were a couple out riding their bikes. Now, you think they'd be riding bikes if they knew how soon it was going to come? They were riding their bikes, tree fall on the woman and kill her. Okay? Warnings hardly ever come with countdowns. We'll never know when we've had our last opportunity or chance to change. Never know that. You know, if some people knew that they'd get saved at the last minute. Okay? But we never know that. Okay? Some people think they're going to have a chance to just slip on out on their deathbed. But some people are not going to make it to the deathbed. That's right. And we see that happening all, all the time. People die suddenly. That couple who was in that plane, that, that they call it the ghost plane, uh, that uh, took off, they were going on vacation in Naples, which they had done plenty of times before. We don't know what happened. People saw the plane flying and past the destination it was supposed to land. People wonder what happened. What happened? You know, they didn't land. They were supposed to land. Send up the, the, the jets. And what did they see? They saw the pilot slumped over the controls. And probably his wife was slumped over too. And the plane just kept going. Nothing they could do about it. What are they going to do? Send a big net and pull it down? <laughs> they couldn't do anything about it. All right? All they had to do is watch and wait for it to crash. Now they're still looking for the bodies and the plane. Still haven't found them. But we never know. Uh, when we're going to get the last chance, when we refuse to accept valid criticism, and we need to remember now, criticism oftentimes is valid. It means that it's necessary. 
Okay, because critic, valid criticism allows us to be able to change for the better. Some people don't like no kind of criticism. Okay, but the Bible speaks about a valid criticism. When someone criticizes you, it means that they've recognized that you are on the wrong path, you're going the wrong way, you're doing something wrong, and their criticism is intended not to make you feel bad, even though it might, but it's intended to correct you and to cause you to get back on the right track, get on the right course. And that's why it's called valid criticism. And uh, when we open our lives up, we need to be able to respond to valid criticism. So when we refuse to accept valid criticism, we often open ourselves up to sudden disaster. We open ourselves up to embarrassment and shame and disgrace. The time to take action is the moment we realize that a change is necessary. As soon as we recognize that there's some change need to be made, that's when it's time to take action. Don't put it off. You never get the opportunity to make the change. What major changes have you had? What major changes have you had on hold in your life for too long? Anybody have any major changes that they've had in their lives and they had those changes on hold for a long time? Here's the warning. Don't keep them on hold for too much longer because you may not get the opportunity to change. You know, procrastination is a strange thing. People keep putting it off. People keep putting it off. And sooner or later, the opportunity passes and you never get a chance to make that change. So whatever it is, regardless of what it is that needs to be changed and you've been putting it on hold, here's a warning. Get it done. Make the change. Verse 2. Men who are beyond the authority of the people in Germany, who then wicked and power in Germany. Okay, how, how do we see this happening? Is this happening in our country today? Oh, yes. <laughs> Evident. People are groaning all over the place, eh? Mm -hmm. And that's an example of it right there. The morale of a country is affected by the character of its leaders. That's right. The morale, whatever we're going through in our country, is because of the character of the leaders, the persons who are leading this country. And we have so much going on today. People are calling for elections. People are calling for new leadership. And it's all around us. People are saying, you know, these guys are asleep at the wheel or what? You know? And so whenever the morale of a country is affected by its leaders, there's a problem. Uh, when the wicked, when the righteous are in authority in numbers and in power, the people rejoice. So that's a good barometer to gauge the kind of leadership you have in a country. When the people uh, and when the righteous are in power, in numbers, in authority, people are rejoicing. So whenever people are rejoicing all over the place, then you know you've got good, sound, solid leadership. When people are groaning and weeping, then you know you got problems. Okay? Wicked leaders cause extensive grief. I heard one of the guys who uh, wore black at the, at the, the house this, this week, um, uh, and they were saying they were mourning the death of democracy. And there was a statement he made that stuck with me. He said, the Prime Minister have the poorest constituency in the country. And he's, a, he's, he's alarmed at what this passing of this bill will do to that already impoverished constituency. 
whose hope is always that they're going to hit it big, and it never happens. Okay, it's going to it's going to plunge those people into a greater, greater, greater degree of in poverty. And uh, and I wonder if that thought even crossed his mind. And I wonder. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Verse 3. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father. But he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. Okay. What does it say about parents who've got children who ain't going the right way? Cause them have a heartache, all kind of health problems. Okay? A person who loves wisdom brings joy, happiness, and excitement to their parents. But a person who hangs around with prostitutes and no goods and bums and criminals and scoundrels will waste, their, their wealth will be wasted. We think of the prodigal son, right? Yeah. So a father gets happiness from a son who, who, who not only loves wisdom, but lives a committed Christian life. Parents rejoice when they have children like that. But the prodigal son who has squandered his father's wealth in rebellious living, the son who lives an immoral life wastes his father's or his parents' substance. And we see it. We, we, we have a lot of that going on today. You know, some children, some uh, children can't wait for their parents to die because they know of uh, what they had, and they can't wait to get it, get their hands on it, to squander it. Uh, verse four. A just king gives stability to his nation, but one who demands bribes destroys it. Wow. Nation is brought to a position of stability and strength by leaders who act with justice. Leaders who are just. Leaders who are leaders of integrity. But notice a government, but a government's stability is undermined by its leaders who accept bribes to pervert justice. You know, and we have, we have people talking a lot all the time. Why these fellas want to get in power for only $30,000 a year? Um, a year, year. You know, why they want to do it? I mean, they got lucrative careers making far more than that. Why they want to go and get in power just to make them their pocket change? Okay? Bribes. Kickbacks. Under the table deals. And we, we hear stories a lot about the contract that was signed for a building that was supposed to cost $40,000 and when the deal was done it cost 100000 Where do you think the money went? Okay? Where do you think it went? Okay? And, and uh, you know, a fellow says, now I'm going to give you this contract, but you know, you got to grease my bomb. you got to give me a cut. Okay? And so when we hear these things going on, this is exactly what the writer Proverbs is talking about. Okay, persons who pervert justice. Everybody breaking down the doors of parliament to get in and say they want to serve the people, they want to serve the country. When actually, what they got is only their own best interests at heart. They want to get their bank accounts fat. Fellas go in there poor, 
and become a millionaire. And that's why there's a problem today with disclosure. Remember, there's a lot of people in the House of Assembly who have not yet disclosed. And even though the law says I use disclose, or you face a fine, or you go to jail, none of that happening. It's not happening. So the whole system is corrupt. Okay? You tell on me, I'll tell on you. And that's the way it goes. It's a perverted system. And it's not going to get any better unless the leaders change. And uh, bribes and perverting of justice is not the order of the day. Verse 5. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a neck for his feet. Okay, a flatterer puts his friends and his neighbors in danger by lying to them or by praising them for what is not true. You know, a person goes to his neighbor and says, Boy, you know, you this and you that and you the next, and they know it isn't true. But the neighbor gets all blown up, the head gets big and fat like that because they think that people tell them the truth, but it's not the truth. Okay, he promotes pride, which leads, it always leads to a downfall. Okay, so the person believes all the lies they're telling them, and they go and they do all that they do based on those lies. And then their bubble is burst. They're devastated when they find out that all that they've been told is not true. And they've been lying to them all along. And people are doing that today. Rather than speaking the truth in love, as the scripture says. No matter how much it hurts, speak it. If it's the truth, you speak it because it's a means of correcting the person's behavior if they're off track. You're going to put them back on track by telling them the truth. It may hurt a little bit, it may hurt for a while, but it's the truth. Better a little hurt now than a big bad hurt later on and devastation later on. You know, we hear people committing suicides and sometimes we don't know why. This could be one of the reasons right here. You know, someone told them something that they believed and they found out it was so, it was, it was not true and they just couldn't take it. And the embarrassment and the shame, the only thing they could do is just to end their lives. And so we hear these things, but we don't know why it's happening. You know, they found a, a young girl hanging in a closet the other day. And uh, she was a prominent uprising so-called star in the secular world. There was no indication in her success that there was anything wrong. Yet they found her hanging on a string in the closet. They're still trying to figure out now what happened. What happened? Somebody told her a lie that she believed. And when she found it was a lie, she just couldn't take the shame and embarrassment. More than likely, that's probably the case. And it's happening all over the place, all around. And that's why it's so important to take this warning seriously. Don't flatter people. Tell them the truth. Don't lie to them. You know, tell them the truth. Verse 6. In the transgression of the evil man, there is a snare. But the righteous dove sing and rejoice. Okay. Evil people don't realize it, but they are continually trapped by the web of their own sins. And even though you tell them, they will not accept it. They won't believe it. They won't even understand it. But the righteous sings and rejoices in happiness because they do, they do not have to dread the consequences of transgressions. Everything is on the up and up. The evil or wicked people can't do that. They're always looking over their shoulder for what may come next. That's not good. Verse 7. 
Boy, how true. Couldn't be any truer than that, right? <laughs> we see that happening all the time. Godly people take an active interest in the rights of the poor. Anytime we see persons taking the interest in the rights of the poor, they're godly people. They're righteous people. They're concerned. But the wicked have no interest at all in showing any kind of concern. That's a barometer. That's a gauge to, to determine who is who. Whether you're dealing with godly people or whether you're dealing with wicked people. However they treat the poor will tell you who they are. Verse 8. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrong. Okay, so whole town can be turned upside down by wicked people. One person, one wicked person, says one wicked deed and spread that, and before you know it, I know some of you may have remembered there was a news uh, report some years, years, years ago about uh, ghost activities in the little house here on College Avenue. Remember that? Before you know, the whole Nassau was around at the house. Everybody wants to see what's happening. Okay? The house was shaking, right? Right? I remember on the news. You know? And one person started that. Just one person. Before you know it, there are traffic jams, they had to block off the road that everybody won't go and see. They won't go see the ghosts. You know, and, and, and that's the problem. Everybody wanna see. You know, I was on the highway the other day, yesterday, driving and traffic was backed up way down the mile about the highway. What in the world's going on? You know, gotta be an accident. Normally when the drive back up like that is an accident. You know, when I got to the spot, all I saw was glass in the road. No accident, everything going, there were a couple of cars on the other part of the highway, the, 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 the southbound part of the highway, there were a couple of cars on that side of the street with some people standing on the side of the road. The side what, what we were on, the northbound side, there was some, there was some rubber marks in the road up against the barrier and a bunch of broken glass, but nothing was there. But you know what? Everybody wants to see, nosy people. Everybody wants to see what happened. Okay? Everybody wants to see. And that's what he's talking about. The whole town turned upside down by one person who spared a bad rumor, untrue. Okay? Then people never found no ghosts in that house. Okay? But it caused a whole lot of agitation. Especially for the people who lived in the area. And so ridiculers create chaos by stirring up tempers and agitating people and causing division. All kinds of problems. Wise people try to prevent conflicts and encourage peace. Verse 9. And a wise man pretends a foolish man. Whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. Okay. Um, Sister Brenda, what does your version say? If a wise person takes a fool to court, there will be ranting and ridicule for no satisfaction. How true. The worst thing you could do is have a problem with a fool and carry it to court. <laughs> It just compounds the whole issue. It just makes it worse. First of all, the fool is going to want to represent himself. And they know nothing but the law. And that's what's going to compound the issue, make things worse. It makes a mockery of you and the justice system. And the fool can take you to court. Oh, yeah. Don't let that happen either. Because the same thing is going to, you're going to have the same results. You're going to have the same results. So you try to, you try to, 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 
rationalize or work things out. And you know what the proverb says? Don't ever let anything get to court. Try to settle it out of court. Whatever you do. When a wise person argues with a fool, the fool will only, will only rot and rave while expressing amusement, but will never be convinced that there will be... He will never be convinced and you'll have no satisfaction. Uh, so you, you cannot get any kind of satisfaction from a fool because you can't convince them that they're a fool in the first place. <laughs> All right? You can't convince them that they're a fool. He'll beat you with experience and bring, bring you down to his level and he'll beat you with Exactly. Okay? <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. You know, when you confront a fool, Lord Jesus help me to deal with this person. Pray about it. Does your fool get asked for a question and the wise man could answer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Verse 10. Let bloodthirsty men hate one who is blameless and seek the life of the upright. Okay, bloodthirsty people <coughs> have nothing but, according to the verse, nothing but what? For blameless people? Blameless. Hatred. Hatred. They have nothing, and so don't be surprised. If a, if a ungodly person or unsaved person express hate toward you, that's normal for them. Okay? Don't be surprised that they're, they're singling you out. Okay? Or you're the only one. No! Bloodthirsty people hate all godly people. They hate all blameless people. That's normal for them. Okay? So don't think that you're being singled out. But the upright seeks only to help and protect. And sometimes we get the wrong end of the stick to try to do that too. Verse 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it until afterwards. Now I'm sure we've seen this a lot, right? You go somewhere and you see a person ranting and raving and carrying on by. Okay, and you found out that somebody did something wrong to them that they, were, they weren't pleased with. And they're, they're venting their anger. But then we also come across another person who has been just as badly treated, they're not saying anything. They're not ranting and raving and carrying on about and making a fool of themselves. That's the difference between a fool and a wise person. Okay? In fact, when you, found out, when you find out what happened to the godly person, it'll shock you on how they re about how they respond. Because you'd think that they'd be acting like the other fellow carrying on bad when you found out what actually happened to them. You know, I remember uh, there was a fire one time at Park of the Palms in Florida when we were there, we were there doing some work, and there was this fire, and everybody was running, carrying on, oh, you know, the firemen came, and they were trying to, there was this car in the driveway, the car was in the carport, and the smoke was coming from under the hood, and they, they were, they were, everybody was afraid that the car would eventually explode, and then the house would catch a fire and everything, and there was this lady standing on the side with her arms folded, just like that, she was just looking, everybody running around, like chicken lost their head, found out that she was the woman who owned the car and the house. She was saying the thing. She was just standing there quietly looking. You know, that's the difference between a person who's trusting God and who's trusting in material possessions. You know, the fool would have been running around, hey, you're going to let my house burn down, you're going to let my car blow up. You know, but she was standing quiet because her trust was real. The Lord, not in that car, not in that house. You know, her trust was in the Lord. And that's the difference between the fool and a person who is wise. Okay, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. 
Okay, fools are known for venting their anger and the full impact of their anger at once, all at once. But the wise are able to hold back their anger. Verse 12. Oh, we gotta stop. Time gone. Stop. I just noticed the clock. Just <laughs> noticed the clock. We can stop right there. And uh, we pick up at verse 12 and we come back. And uh, I'm sure we've gotten what the Lord had intended for us to get today. Amen? Amen. Okay, Father, we thank you and praise you for your word today. We thank you for what you conveyed to us, what you've communicated to us, and for the clarity that you've given us in what we have heard. We pray, O Lord, that you would show us, uh, give us the discernment and the wisdom of how we can apply this when it is necessary to do so. We ask your blessings now as we leave this building, but not your presence, and we continue in your presence in the service that follow. Get glory for yourself out of all that participate, all who participates, and all that transpires. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.